Welcome to the First Century Church Podcast. My name is Stephen Wilhoy, and I'm the lead pastor at First Century Church, and it is an honor to have you with us today. The goal of the podcast is simple. We want you to be encouraged, challenged, and inspired to go further in your faith than ever before. If you'd like more information about the church, you can visit our website, firstcenturykc.com. And if you happen to be in the Kansas City area anytime soon, we'd love to have you join us for one of our live gatherings to connect with you in person. Again, thanks for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. Welcome to 2021. We made it. We're here. And you know, maybe in the, throughout the last year, throughout the last several months, maybe you didn't know if you were going to make it. Maybe you thought, I don't know, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, 2020 was a tough year. Here we are in the new year. But with the new year ahead of us, how do you feel about that? You know, maybe you are relieved. Maybe you are excited. Maybe seeing that calendar go from December 31st, 2020 to January 1st, 2021 was maybe one of the most wonderful moments in your recent history or maybe in your entire life. You know, maybe there's some excitement, maybe there's anticipation, or maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're a little afraid. Maybe you're uncertain. Like, is this year going to be any different? Is this coming year going to be any better? I don't know what to expect. But no matter what the new year looks like, no matter how good or bad, up or down, the new year every year always looks the same in that we always want the coming year to be better than the previous year. And this time the bar's set pretty low for that, right? I mean, like we don't have to go, we don't have to have a great year for it to be better than the last year. Uh, but we do. We, we want the coming year to always be better than the previous year. And so, you know, we'll do things like make resolutions. Uh, we'll, make, we'll set goals we want to achieve. Uh, we'll make challenges for ourselves, do things we haven't done before, see things we haven't seen before. You know, maybe we're, we're going to try to stop bad habits and start some new good habits. And so, you know, this year is, this time of year is like any other first of the year where we want to see improvement, we want to see results. And so we make goals, we, we make resolutions, we try to make certain changes so that the coming year is better in at least some marginal way than the year before. So what we're going to do today in the very first message of 2021 is we are going to fast forward. So last week we did a rewind of 2020, a year in review, and today in the first message of the new year we're going to fast forward. Now, we don't know what the new year holds. We don't know what the new year is going to look like. We do not know what's around the corner. We don't know what could happen tomorrow, let alone by the end of the year of this coming brand new year that we're just three or so days into now. We have no idea, but we're going to look, we're going to fast forward. So what I want to do today, while we can't predict the future, while we don't know what's going to happen, while we can't see in our crystal ball and make predictions, I want to offer us a blueprint. It's simple. It may seem too simple at times, uh, but a simple blueprint that will help us for whatever comes this year. 
No matter how good or bad 2021 is going to be, no matter what is in store that we don't see coming, no matter what, this, it's a simple three-step blueprint, right? It is going to help us no matter what comes our way this coming year. So three simple things I want to look at for just a few minutes that are going to help us to succeed in the coming year. The first thing that we really need to focus on this coming year is rest. Maybe you're exhausted from 2020 and you are about to like wear out. Or maybe you're anticipating, you know, hey, maybe in a few months, maybe by, by mid-year, it's going to be back to normal. The chains are released. The masks come off. You know, life goes back to how it was. And that's why I want to focus on rest. Because in our culture, we put a premium on busyness. We put importance on busyness. A lot of times we feel important the more busy that we are. At least we have that perception. I mean, they have so many things going on. They must be a really big deal. They must have a lot of people that count on them. Wow, there's somebody because they're going, 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 never stop, never take a break, never take a breather, right? But is that reality? Is it, is being busy that important? Does it make you feel that important? I mean, think about your life for a second. When you are going like crazy, when you're living life at full throttle, do you feel important? Right? Do you, do you feel, oh yeah, this is the life. You probably feel like you're dropping the ball most of the time. You probably feel guilty that you don't measure up to everyone's expectations because you can't juggle it all most of the time. The busier we are, see, we think that busyness means success. But sometimes busyness is sabotage because sometimes we feel this need to impress people by being busy or to please everyone and that makes us to be overly busy, that we give up real happiness in our lives for the sake of busyness. We sabotage our happiness for the sake of busyness. It's really not all it's cracked up to be, even though our culture makes us think we have to always be going, 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 doing, 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 running, 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 busy, busy, busy. That's really not the best way. Rest is a huge key to success in your life, and I believe will be a a huge key to success in this coming year. And here's the sad thing about busyness. It's that we do it to ourselves most of the time. So to illustrate that, I have this bag here. This bag represents your life, all right? Right now, it's empty. Whoa, wouldn't that be nice if your life was just, I can do whatever I want. I can go wherever I want. No plans, you know, uh, nothing, on the, nothing on the schedule, no responsibilities. Okay, this is impossible, right? So these bricks represent busyness in our lives. This is your life. This is busyness. So, you know, we have certain family obligations that we just have to meet. You know, we, we have jobs and careers that we have to manage. So you're going to be carrying some weight almost all of the time. Even when you go on vacation, maybe you're like this, even when you go somewhere and try to relax, it might take you two or three days to finally chill out. 
by the time you really get relaxed, it's like the next to the last day and you're going to have to go home and deal with all this stuff that you just sort of got out of your system. That just, okay, it happens, right? That's why I rest on a regular basis, not just on your annual vacation, not just once in a while, you know, not after I blow up and destruct, which we'll talk about in a minute. Regular rest is important. So we're, we're, we're already pretty busy, normal, but here's what we do. Here's, here's how we do this to ourselves. Here's how we sabotage our happiness for busyness. Because, you know what, I've already got work to do, but, you know, they offered an extra shift at work for the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of extra shifts at work. Uh, you know, I told our neighbor I'd help them do this project this weekend. Speaking of projects, uh, you know, I got to do this home, this project at the house that's still not finished yet. I got to make sure I do it right now. On top of all this other stuff in here, I got to add that to my pile. Did I mention my kids? Did I mention they have a lot of stuff going on? Did I mention that, you know, they have ballet? and an art class, and basketball, and soccer, and tennis, and they have, uh, what is it? I can't even remember what, what else they have going on. Oh, and then I had, I, what is it? Oh, yeah, I'm on this other, you know, committee in the neighborhood, and I've got all these things I'm doing, and man, this is getting pretty heavy. I, I'm going to have a hard time living life this way, but we do this. I'm choosing to add things to my life, okay? I'm, I'm doing it to myself. I'm saying yes to everything. I'm meeting every obligation and then some. I'm adding more things on when I don't even have enough uh, space to manage my own life and my own mental health, my own, I, you know, things that are good for me. I'll put me last to help everybody else first, okay? And so I've got this really successful life now, right? It's full. I'm busy. I'm successful. I'm productive. I'm a somebody because everyone's counting on me. And then I try to live my life. And, oh, oh, oh. I'm okay. So that didn't work too well, did it? It didn't work well. Like, I tried to hang on for dear life. I tried to push through. I thought I could make it all happen, and I literally fell flat on my face. You ever been there before? You ever got way too much on your plate? Like, they're even really the really thick, good paper plates that you try to get at the store, the soak-proof, and it just falls apart. It's just mush. And now all your food's on the floor, and that's gross. We do it to ourselves all the time. That is not the best way. It's unhealthy. It's unsustainable. Sometimes the load that we choose to bear is too much. The pace that we try to keep is too fast. To be successful this year, we have to learn the art of rest. And that sounds great. I'm sure you're saying, Stephen, that sounds wonderful. But how do I do that? And what does that even really mean? Yeah, oh, rest. I get that. I need to go take a nap. Well, not till I'm finished, right? Don't do it right now. Uh, but yes, maybe you need to take a nap. But here's three quick things about rest that I think are a strategy within this first part of this blueprint that I think are going to help us this coming year. The better way is rest. So the first thing about rest is recharge. Let me give you permission to sometimes slow down. It's okay sometimes to slow down. Will there be busy seasons in your life? Absolutely. Sometimes of the year, and you know your schedule better than most at work, sometimes you're going to have a really intense schedule at work. It's going to happen. So sometimes you're going to have a really crazy packed schedule or calendar as a family. That's going to happen. But if every part of your life is always continually packed and busy and overloaded, that's not a season. That's an unhealthy lifestyle. 
So will there be busy seasons here and there that pop up? Yep. Will they last longer than others sometimes? Yep. But if you never slow down to recharge, you will do what I just did. You will fall flat on your face. You will either implode and have a breakdown or you will explode and it'll just cause mass chaos and drama in your life. It will happen. Everyone has a breaking point. Everyone has a limit. And so we need to stop sometimes to recharge the battery. It's okay to have downtime. It's not laziness. It's actually wisdom. It is healthy for you to slow down sometimes. It's okay to recharge. And then while we're recharging, we need to also reprioritize. That's another part of rest. Ask yourself, What's really important? What are those few key things that are non-negotiables for me? You know, like I can't abandon my family. Uh, I can't quit my job that pays the bills. Like there's a few things that we just have to do. We have responsibilities. Unless you're watching today and you're like, you know, 12 and under, you have stuff you've got. Even if you're 12 and under, you have school stuff, right? There are certain things we just can't not do. But Part of this rest is to reprioritize. What are those things that are most important? Because here's the thing. Here's why busyness is so dangerous and why rest is so important. Because time is the most precious commodity that exists. Now, money's important, but you can make more of that. Uh, time keeps on ticking, ticking, right? Uh, it, it just doesn't stop, and you can't get it back. Time is the most important commodity. So in this reprioritize thing, ask yourself, what's really important? Uh, ask yourself, is my time being used wisely? Are there things that are not really helpful? Reprioritize. Maybe actually make lists. You know, make charts. If you want to get really nerdy about it, it'll be beneficial, Right? So in this time of rest and recharging, we also want to reprioritize. And then the third thing about rest is I'm going to give you a word that's going to be your best friend, okay? So the third thing we do here is we, sometimes we have to reject, okay? So we recharge, reprioritize, and reject. This is the word that is going to be your best friend this year moving forward, okay? You ready? No, right? No is now your new best friend, now, it doesn't mean that you're a jerk and don't ever help your neighbor out, right? No, no, no. It doesn't mean that you're selfish and you always have to have all the me time. Now, that's not what I'm saying, but too often we live out of balance. Too often we're just revving, 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 helping everyone, doing everything. We need to learn to say no sometimes. We have to learn to reject certain things. No is your new friend. So, to get back to our full life, I'm not going to try to lift it up because I don't want to fall again, uh, but... We've got this backpack here, so there are certain things that we talked about that at times we can say no to. And again, this might be seasonal as well. So sometimes you might need the extra money to, to pick up the extra shift at work this week. It doesn't mean that you always have to do that. Sometimes you can say, you know what? No. Uh, I need to see my family. I have, I've been working enough. I'm not going to pick up any more extra shifts right now. I'm going to say no. I'm going to reject that. You know, that home project that I had to get done this weekend, it has to, if it doesn't get done this weekend, it'll never get done. Wrong. It can get done next weekend. So I'm going to reject that as well. My load's already getting even lighter. Um, you know, these other things, I'm involved in too many activities. I've got too many responsibilities, uh, and I'm not going to shirk important response. Again, I'm not going to say no to things that are non-negotiable. I've already reprioritized to find out what's at the bottom that I can say no to, that I can reject. Um, you know, I'm going to maybe just kind of lay low for a little bit. 
um, you know, somebody else can maybe, we can move that back. You know, we can reschedule certain things. Other priorities that I thought were a big deal maybe aren't so much now. You know, with my kids, they can, they can pick. It doesn't have to be all 17 extracurricular activities that they want to do. Now, I'm not saying, parents, that you don't let your kids try things or be involved in things or do things that they like to do or that they're good at. They don't have to do all of them at the same time. So let's say no to ballet right now, okay? Let's, let's put off the, the guitar lessons for a little bit, or let's just choose. Are we going to do football or basketball? We're saying no now to several different things. And look at this. I'm back to a manageable life. Now, I've still got responsibilities in here. I'm still kind of busy, but I've learned the art of rest, which means that from time to time, I'm going to recharge and I'm going to reprioritize and I'm going to learn what to reject, what I can say no to. Now, it's other, other times I might say, you know, we had to reschedule. Now, I kind of need to keep my word on that. I'm going to put that back in here. It happens. There, there's not an exact science to this, but we have to uh, understand the importance of regular rest. Make it part of your routine, part of your rhythm in life. It will pay huge dividends. Again, it's not laziness. It's not shirking responsibility. It's not any of that. It's healthy for you. It is wise for you. It will save you in the long run. It will keep you from running out of gas. Rest is going to be huge for you, I believe, in this coming year. The second thing I want to focus on, the second part of this blueprint for the new year of 2021 is to rejoice. Rejoice. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So as you're reading scripture, when you see something repeated, you know it's important. You know there's value in what's being said. Not only does Paul actually repeat the word rejoice, he literally tells you he's repeating it. Rejoice. Again, I will say rejoice. Now we could just stop there and that's enough. But the next couple of verses here in Philippians 4 really flesh this out. Tell us what rejoicing is, what it means, and kind of how to, to do that in every situation. So let's keep reading here. Philippians 4, the rest of verse 4 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, rejoice. Let me tell you, this year, 2021, rejoice. Make this a year of rejoicing. So when does Paul say to rejoice? Always. Always. Is that possible? Because maybe you're thinking, I don't really have much of a reason to rejoice. Maybe you're thinking, you know, things are, were really have been a bad year. Here's a reason to rejoice. You've made it to this point so far. You've made it to the new year. You've survived what life and Satan and whoever else threw at you. You're still standing. You're still here. Rejoice in that fact. If that's the, all you can rejoice in, rejoice. Plant that flag of rejoicing there and celebrate that small victory. Maybe, though, you're looking ahead at 2021 and waiting for something else bad to happen. Well, what if this doesn't work out? And what if that falls through? And what if it just builds and builds and gets worse and worse? How can I rejoice? 
Well, you can rejoice in the fact that God is always with you and that God is always with you. And Scripture says if God is for us, who can be against us? If the creator and sustainer of the universe, if if you're on his side, you're going to make it. You can rejoice in the fact and knowing that no matter what does come your way this year, God is with you. So we can rejoice always. And the key there, Paul says, is we rejoice in the Lord. Because sometimes you can't rejoice in what's going on. You can't rejoice on on the surface stuff. You can't rejoice in your circumstances because they stink. They're awful. They're terrible. But you can always rejoice in the Lord. But let's get, down to, let's get down to it. What if you can't find anything to rejoice about at all? You can't name one thing. Well, Paul has an answer here as well. He says, pray. If you can't rejoice, pray. And he says, we can pray about every situation. In every situation, we can pray. And he says how we pray is important. We pray with thanksgiving. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. With thanksgiving, in every situation, pray. Don't worry, don't fear, pray. And then what's the result? The result is, Paul says, peace. Not just any peace, but peace that transcends understanding, peace that even confuses you, peace that even people around you think that you are crazy. How can you be so calm when your life is in this situation? How can you be so at ease when everything around you is in flames? How can you have this peace about you? It's because I prayed with thanksgiving about every situation and God brings peace. What Paul doesn't say is that God's going to fix every situation immediately every time the first time you pray. Don't fall into that trap. That's not how it works. He's not a genie in a bottle. Okay, you don't get three wishes. But what is guaranteed is peace. Now, God may answer your prayer. He may answer it quickly. So here's my encouragement. Really dig in starting next week to this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Dig in. Now, it's not that we're twisting God's arm. Oh, God, I'm withholding food from me, so now you have to do what I want. No. It's, oh, God, I'm really intensely praying when I, should, when I usually would watch Netflix answer my prayer. Not how it works. That's not why we're doing it. It puts us in a better mindset. It does something to us spiritually this time of fasting and prayer. And God can, I believe, will answer prayer in this time. He can and will do things that cannot be done otherwise. He will give you wisdom that you so desperately need. He will give you peace that you're looking for that will, I believe, lead to rejoicing. You can rejoice in anything, in any circumstance, good, bad, in between. We can and need to, for this coming year, learn the power of rejoicing. And the third part of this blueprint for the year 2021 is that we need relationships. The third key to this blueprint for 2021 is relationships. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 7 through 12 says this, Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a great return for their labor. 
If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone, so I guess this is written by Mr. T, I don't know. Uh, Pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So this is the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes that is written, we believe, by King Solomon, King David's son, the the third king of Israel. This is written kind of in his old age. He's looking back at his life. And the theme that you even read here uh, that's throughout the book is everything is meaningless. Now, there's great wisdom in this book. I kind of think of it as sort of a, a pessimistic Proverbs. You know, Proverbs, kind of light, really good advice. Uh, it may have like a negative thing, but they don't have the positive to kind of, you know, balance it out. Ecclesiastes is pretty bummer for the most part. He, this is meaningless. That's meaningless. So on the surface, it seems like, dude, he's really having an end-of-life crisis here. He's really living in regret. And there's maybe some truth to that. But really, what he's trying to convey, he's saying, hey, I, ha- I am the most powerful man in the history of the world, the wealthiest man who's ever lived. That, that's Solomon writing this. And he says, I've seen it all, done it all. I got all the T-shirts. I printed and made some of the T-shirts, right? Uh, And he's like, here's the deal. If you try to live life like everybody else, it's going to be meaningless. If you try to chase after what everyone else chases after, you're not going to find meaning in that. He said, you got to think different. You've got to act different. You've got to live in a different way. And so the theme here in this portion of Ecclesiastes, Solomon is telling us, you were not designed to live life alone. You need relationships. So we need a support system. We need people who are in our corner, who will have our back. We need cheerleaders to push us on, push us forward, to celebrate with us. We need shoulders to cry on when everything's falling apart. We need people who will challenge us, who will push us to make us better. We need those people in our lives. We need relationships. Solomon says here, we need someone that if we fall down, they can pick us up. If they fall down, we're there to pick them up. We need someone that we can lay down together with and stay warm. Now, just be careful, okay, husband and wife can do that literally, that's about it. But it's this figurative sort of language, two are better than one. He says one by himself will be defeated, but two or three can defend. I think about you know, this, the, one of the final scenes of the original Avengers movie, you know, the key Avengers there, they're standing back to back in this circle while all of these galaxies and all these creatures and whatever are fighting against them. A perfect picture of this in Ecclesiastes 4. On their own, they're going to get defeated, but because there's a group of them, they can, ha- they can stand back to back and defend each other and not just have to defend themselves and be by themselves. Now, relationships are important, but what this requires is the tough part, right? This requires that we give access to people. If we're going to build relationships and and strengthen relationships, we have to let people in. We have to be honest with people. We have to be vulnerable with people. We have to be ourselves with these people and be real with them. And that can be scary. That can seem risky, but the dividends are there. The payoff is real because relationships help us grow. They help us succeed. 
it's, our, it's in our best interest to find these people in our life and to, to rally around, to put, link arm in arm and do life together. We were designed for relationship. We were hardwired by God for relationship. And I believe that's going to be a huge key for you in this coming year to discover who those relationships are, those people are, to grow in those relationships, to be real in those relationships, to help one another in those relationships, and to build strong relationships that will get us through whatever comes our way in the new year. And here's the most important relationship as we begin to wrap it up today. The most important relationship in your life is Jesus. Jesus Christ is the most important relationship that there is. And you would say, well, yeah, obviously, duh, Stephen, you're a pastor. You have to say that. But it's true. Do you know why? Because Jesus is always there. As good of relationships as you're going to have, eventually those people will disappoint you because they're human just like you are. Eventually, someone's going to let you down. Someone's going to maybe say no to something you need that you think is urgent, that they don't think is urgent, and you're going to be like, oh, you weren't there when I needed you, right? Jesus is always there. He never fails. He never disappoints. He's never confused by a situation. He's never worried or caught off guard by what you're dealing with. He never gives bad advice. Can you imagine that? Someone you can go to with any question, and he's always going to have not just the right answer or the best answer, but the perfect answer, the perfect response, the perfect next step. This relationship with Jesus is so important. It's the best one you can have. So maybe as we start this new year and we think about our relationship with Jesus, maybe you've had one, but you don't really have a great one now. Maybe you've grown distant or cold. Maybe you've gotten too busy with other stuff that Jesus is not in the backpack of your life. You've become too busy and overcrowded with other stuff, other things that you've not reprioritized and made him a key part of your life. Maybe you're watching or listening today and you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you, you're missing out. What are you missing? You're missing out on what we just talked about. Someone that is always there, always reliable, never disappoints you, never fails you, never leaves you, never is confused or worried, has all the strength that is needed and more for you. Someone who is always there. If you're, if you're missing that relationship in your life, I don't care how many other great ones you have, you're still missing out on the most key important relationship. And I believe that if you choose to begin that relationship with Jesus, it will change everything in your life. It will make this year better than you can ever imagine better than any year you've ever experienced in your life this relationship will change everything so do you want 2021 to be your best year ever not only not only better than last year or better but better than any year you've ever had i believe that's possible if we remember these three key parts of this blueprint we want to prioritize rest we want to find power in rejoicing no matter what happens. And we see the value in relationships. Those three things, I believe, can and will propel you to your best year ever. I know I say this quite often, but I do believe if we can harness these three things, the best is truly yet to come. Let's pray. God, we thank you in this moment for a brand new year. 
In some ways, it's a clean slate. You know, we get to leave the past behind, look forward to the blank slate that is ahead. What an opportunity we have at this time of year. We thank you for this moment, for bringing us through a really tough year of 2020 into a new year of hope and promise and opportunity in 2021. And I pray that we would take these things to heart today, that we would really prioritize rest in our life, to find a real rhythm, to make margin in our lives, to make room in our lives, not to be lazy, not to not do the things that we should do, but to say, you know what, that can wait. Or I can say no to that altogether. I need to prioritize. I need to find rest to be able to recharge. I need that in my life. Help us to see the importance of rest. Help us to rejoice. Help this year of 2021 to be a year of rejoicing. When I find things to rejoice about, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to thank God for what he's done. I'm not going to take credit. I'm not just going to blur past it. But I'm going to stop and smell the roses and give God the glory. And when I don't have something to rejoice about, I'm going to pray until I find a thing to rejoice about. I'm going to pray that God would give me this peace that surpasses understanding this year of 2021. And this year, we're going to put a premium on relationships. We're going to find those people that we can rally around, that can rally around us to make this year stronger, better than ever. So if you're watching today in this moment of prayer, I just want to follow up before we close today with this opportunity for you to rekindle or to start this relationship with Jesus. Again, the most important relationship you can ever have in your life. So as you're thinking and praying here for a minute, maybe you would say, I, I, need, to, I need to get that thing restarted. You know, I've kind of, I sense a distance. I sense maybe this last year was so tough because I pulled away from Jesus instead of pulling toward him. Today's the day that you can say, I'm all in. I'm back in, back in the game. Jesus, I'm here. Maybe you're watching or listening today and you want to give Jesus a chance. You want to give faith a chance. You want to start this relationship that will be mind-blowing for you, that will be life-changing for you. So what I'm going to do is just pray a simple prayer that you can repeat after me. And the, the words have no power in them, but it's your faith that activates the power in this prayer. So if you want to start that relationship with Jesus today, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth to die in my place on my cross for my sin. God, thank you for sending your son to save me from my sins and myself. Today I confess that I am a sinner in need of saving, and I look to Jesus to be my Savior. I accept forgiveness from him. I receive new life from him. And I will do my best by your grace to live for him all my days. Strengthen me to do that. Empower me to do that. Encourage me to do that. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer today, maybe for the first time in a long time, 
or maybe for the first time ever, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your story. I want to hear how today impacted you. I want to hear how that prayer changed your life. So please, if you prayed that today and you made a recommitment to Jesus or a commitment to Jesus to start that relationship with him, please email me, Stephen at firstcenturykc.com. You don't have to give all the details of your life story because I'd love to connect with you and learn more about you and find out how, again, you've You've just been impacted by Jesus today, how he's come to fix your life. He's come to be a part of your life. He's come to lead you through life so you don't have to do it alone anymore. So I just love to hear your story, hear more about you, hear from you. So please, again, uh, email me. Let me know how we can serve you as a church and how just the difference that Jesus has made in your life.